If you love our content, please subscribe to our Patreon. You can find the link in the description. I've been your host, Gene. Oh, hey! Welcome to Creative Block. We're your host, Gene. And V, we interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Carl Greenblatt. Hey! Hey, Carl. Hello! Also known as C.H. Greenblatt, professionally. True. Yes. <laughs> did you, just, did you uh, yes. how come you had the, uh, the sort of pen name C.H.? Um, you know, I started doing that in college when I was making comic strips because I liked the look of it. I liked to like D.B. Trudeau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, oh, you know, I got such a long last name already that it would be cool to to just sort of just have a couple initials, which yeah, those are just my initials. So, sure. yeah, I started using it when I when I was doing comics in college and I just kind of kept up with it because it, I just liked the look of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. It definitely has that like uh, comic artist kind of uh, feel. So I get it. Yeah. But I've never made anyone call me by that. So like, yeah, yeah. It's it's literally just like the screen name, but it's not anything I, I have ever gone by. I've been calling you that this whole time. Okay, so you're not offended. I called you Carl. No, no, no. That's that. That's what you should do. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling you Ch. Uh, yeah. Whoops. That backfired. When people have done that, I'm always like, "What? Yeah, this is weird." This is a uh, Ch. This is the yeah. showrunner. Uh, well, thanks for coming on the show. Really happy to have you. Happy to be here. I've been a fan of yours since back in Chowder days, and I was really honored to work on Jellystone, which is your most recent project. And uh, yeah, you've had a, a long uh, career. You've um, you got an interesting story because you kind of started outside of animation, and then in a roundabout way, kind of ended up working in animation. And uh, we'd love to hear yeah. about that. But uh, let's take it back. Let's take it back to baby Carl. Tell us about, like, you know, your early days and kind of how you first realized you wanted to work in uh, cartoons or art. You know, I guess it, it, it basically was just I was a child enamored with TV. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, this is, this is for all the people listening before the Internet. Yeah. You know, when you just would watch whatever the heck was on. And so I pretty much just watched everything. Mm-hmm. I loved animation. I loved sitcoms. I liked goofy stuff, uh, and I I think I just absorbed a ton of it. But I really, I pretty much watched any cartoons I could get my hands on at that time, and I just watched and rewatched and rewatched. There's so many old Looney Tunes, mm. and I would really pay attention to like who directed them. Uh, you know, you start to have your favorite, your favorite directors, right. your favorite um, like eras of cartoons, mm -hmm. which were for you. Uh, you know, I was a Chuck Jones fan when I was really young. I really just connected to those. There's something about them that I really like the timing and the snappiness of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I did like the Clampett stuff, but that was almost like so out there for me that I think, I think I, I, I connected a little bit more to, to the, um, to the Chuck Jones. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of knew like the McKimson stuff was like the Saturday morning, like that one's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like they're fine they're fine but yeah. they you know they weren't they weren't my favorites um you know and then tex avery cartoons yeah. i really liked watched a lot of the old mgm cartoons i watched a lot of old harvey cartoons um you know they'd have little lulu and and um baby huey and casper and stuff like that there was just pretty like i said and then and then just action cartoons gi joe and transformers and yeah. you know i was a child of the 70s and 80s mm -hmm. so that's the stuff that i 
really just kind of sucked up. And, you know, in a lot of the Hanna-Barbera stuff, I loved Grape Ape and Captain Caveman and Blue Falcon and a lot of those cartoons. Yeah, you're definitely well-versed in, in Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Yeah, it's just, like I said, I would just watch everything. And, and you know, and, and for me, that was, like I said, a lot of old, old sitcoms as well. I really liked, uh, like, Bewitched and mm-hmm. The Dick Van Dyke Show and... F Troop and Gilligan's Island and just whatever garbage was on, I would watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I, I didn't think of animation as a career, <coughs> but I liked cartooning. And so I would just draw cartoons um, uh, pretty much in the evenings. I'd just sit at my desk and just, you know, make little characters, draw my own cartoon strips, bring them into school, show my friends. And that was kind of how I started to learn to kind of write and and parse out jokes and things like that and then that carried into college i did a comic strip every week mm-hmm. um not every week but every day for the for the there was a daily uh paper mm-hmm. at the university of texas at austin and um i did a, a comic for like three years and that was really really fun because it it let me practice mm-hmm. writing it let me practice kind of like cranking out stuff you sort of just have to get used to being fast and getting something done and turning it in and doing the next day and doing the next day and doing the next day. And part of what I really liked about that is you can't be precious about your, your work. You sort yeah. of have to just do it, move on, do it, move on. You can't overthink it. You can't, right. you can't just like stew in it and you have to like think about the overall effect. It's of, a good thing to learn. It is. It's like, well, is it, is it, are the characters fun? Is the world fun? Are the, is the sensibility fun? Right. Maybe this joke doesn't land. All right. You know, tomorrow will be better. And you hope that the the the, the net sum is more interesting than yeah, any one joke, and I think that served me really well going into TV animation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I always say that for um, web comics too that it's a good place to like. It's a good thing to do when you're just trying to like learn how to draw or tell stories because you if you get on a schedule and you stick to it, that's a good place to just mm-hmm. like grind. Oh, yeah, because you know I did it. You do it for three years straight, like every day. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and it, you're gonna it, get it's like, good. You're gonna get good really well, fast. Well, it, it for if anything, you, you it just lets you. It's practice, yeah, you know, and it's that's practice. and it, it's it's interesting. I people always talk to me. They're like, "Well, how do I get better?" I'm like, yeah. "Well, yeah, I, you know, I would say like, well, if you wanted to play a guitar, yeah, you wouldn't get upset that you suck at it right away. Right. You'd have to sit and like practice finger movements. You'd have to practice chords. You'd have to like strum. You'd have to work at it. You know." for yeah. a long time must, just build up your finger memory. strength you'd have to do all this stuff you can't just be upset that you're not like an amazing guitarist right out of the gate so why would you be upset that you're not an amazing artist right out of the gate yeah i think it's like sports too yeah. i think i yeah, like also exactly. saying like i like comparing it to like i don't know weightlifting or whatever because it's like so visual it's like yeah you start out with no muscles and the more you do it yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. stronger also, you get memory. <laughs> exactly and so so i think people who who are always comparing themselves and and now you know it's tricky because everyone can see all this art online so i think it's really easy to say like oh that's so much better than what i do yeah. Yeah. but everybody is at different levels everybody's at different points on this timeline of of their experience and their careers and wherever they're at i mean I, you know now everyone's getting so much yeah. better so much younger because mm-hmm. they can share information in ways that we couldn't do in the past it's basically like yeah. having online mm-hmm. school um, it really is, but but you can't you know you you can't compare. I, I think I, I always tell people the best. I think the best way to do it is have a have a sketchbook, 
and just draw every day in it. Doesn't matter what it is. Just just be working on something. Draw things that you don't think you're good at. Draw cars. Draw whatever. Draw other things. Right. Like work on your perspective. Work on um, your your anatomy. Work on that stuff. And then in a year, go back and look at your drawings mm-hmm. at where you are a year from now, and see if you feel like you've improved. Because I think that's the key to judge yourself, not against other people, but against yourself. That's true. Yeah. I actually think that's really, a really great advice because I, I do feel like it, I, I, for the longest time, I wouldn't look at my past drawings because I was so ashamed of like how bad they were. But like, it's kind of recent, I would say like in the past couple of years, that I'm like, hmm, maybe looking at the past is a good way for me to see how much I've grown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I th- well, I think that's the key is like, you have to understand where you've been yeah. to know where you're going. You know, it, it's, it's like anything else. Like, yeah, you can look back and be proud of stuff. It, it's, it's not like you need to be ashamed, but you can also say like, oh, I've gotten better at doing this. And oh, wow, uh, you know, you incorporate new styles and new elements in and you can see how you've, how you've grown. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of value in sort of um, looking at those um, right. those marks along the road and seeing, you know, how, how you improve as an artist. I think that's something that I might... mean, I'm, I, you know, I don't think I'm the best. I know I'm not the best sure, artist. Sure, sure, sure. But I also don't work at it as hard as I should. I think you're great, first of all. Just to say. Well, thank you, but I don't. Yeah. So I... <laughs> I know, but I know you don't feel that way because no one ever does. I, you know, I, I know what my strengths are and yes. I know, yeah. I know what I'm good at and I know that I have a certain quality to my drawings mm-hmm. that's appealing and I do like that, but yeah. I also know that I hit a wall and I struggle drawing many things and it's very frustrating to me and I feel the same way. and I have not put in the work to break through that wall and get better. I feel the same way. I feel like, yeah, people, I, I will say the same thing. Like, I know I'm not great and people want to like, no, 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 you're good. I, I did the same thing to you just now, but like. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm terrible. I just, like, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. where my weaknesses are. And I know, I know that I, I'm not as well rounded in a lot of things sure. as, as I, as I wish. Nor but I also know that like, eh, uh-huh. yeah, you don't need to be because you, you're, you, we, we can't be good at everything. And especially for, I think people who are looking to, you know, create shows and stuff like you can't. You have to juggle so many different things and wear so many hats that, like, you know, you've spent lots of time writing. Probably you've 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 honed that craft. Like you've a tool. Yeah, X, you know, it's, well, that's the thing. I feel like my strength is actually more in writing and storytelling. Sure. And to me, drawing was always a means to an end. Yes, I agree. I agree. Like a tool to to tell jokes. Same and for to me. Yeah. Tell characters and stories, versus just drawing for the sake of drawing and making pretty pictures. And so, I really find that I, I I much prefer working on figure out who they are in funny moments and using the drawing to enhance that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to like, that's why I like storyboarding because storyboarding was basically comics. Right. And I could, I could, I could write out a scene and that's why I've always worked on shows that are board driven because I get to write, you know, and that's, that's the part that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. I, um, I was going to kind of take you back to college um, for you. Um, what did you major in? Kind of what or what was kind of it, it was University Texas of Austin. Um, Texas so, at Austin. So like how, how was the curriculum so like? I took a class in high school that was a commercial art class and it was a, um, mm-hmm. a vocational 
like two hours a day for two years class. It was really cool. It was, um, hmm. it was, it was basically learning art that was for, um, kind of like how to be an art director, right? Oh, like, like cool. we, we learned, we learned, and this was like really early that we I think we just got some Macs back in the day. Cause this was probably like 88, 89, 90, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Um, uh, you know, we were we were learning airbrushing, we were learning fonts, we were learning silk screening, um, paste up, basically a lot of stuff that you could then go get a job um, at a you know at a publication or in advertising, which is right. what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you know, I had a real fondness for art direction. I really liked fonts. I really liked design. I liked layouts. I liked logos. I liked um, uh, graphic design. Uh, and, and so kind of coming from that, I was like, well, I think then I really want to go into advertising because I liked the problem solving nature of it. I liked commercials. I liked print ads. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what I studied in college. I went through and got an advertising degree. Uh, and it was fun. You know, you, you get to learn um, a lot about uh, both kind of problem solving through like, how do I, how do I um, communicate an idea about this? thing to people in a, in a creative way. Yeah. Uh, and then when I was working in, in advertising, it'd be also like, well, then how do I pitch this idea to, um, people who aren't creative, you know, executives at a, at Colgate, how do I walk in and be like, Hey, you should spend a million dollars on this commercial. And they're like, why, you know, you can't just be because it's funny. You have to like talk in these ideas of communication objectives and like, what does it say? What is it? communicate to people how does it communicate to people and those are really interesting tools that i took eventually into animation yeah that's what i was going to ask you do you feel like that that's um specific part of your curriculum helped you at about with pitching shows uh i think i mean i think the 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 work experience i got in in advertising really helped a lot yeah Mm. um you know in school it was interesting because what we did in school was they would give us, um, they'd be like, all right, you're going to make an ad for pickles uh-huh. and, uh, you know, do it as a print campaign or whatever. And you put it up and you get feedback. So it was good in, 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 um, in learning how to take, you know, constructive criticism and, yeah. and give constructive criticism, things like that, because I didn't really have any art classes. This was, this was the only, I took one life drawing class and hated it because the teacher, <laughs> well, he didn't, he didn't focus on anatomy he would talk about composition i'd be like dude i'm trying to learn how to draw a body i don't yeah, care about weird. the composition like mm-hmm. that's not the time for that mm-hmm. yeah let me let me learn the proportions and so i just i didn't like it so i never that was the only art class i ever took in college yeah um but going into advertising i learned a lot uh just working in the industry because i learned about uh, film production. I learned about um, editing and and post production. Got to go on photo uh, photo shoots and film shoots. Got to learn about casting. Got to learn about pitching. So when I came into animation, um, I had a lot of experience uh, on that end of the production, which was really helpful. Once I eventually got my own show, it was like, oh, this is all very familiar territory. That's crazy. It's like you you went through the the tutorial for the same for the job you ended up doing in a completely different game. <laughs> like that's how I see it. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of. It's crazy because like because yeah, when I when I when I left advertising, I I basically quit the job, got got a job 
on SpongeBob mm-hmm. and came, you know, as a starter level as a as a board revisionist and was like, all right, I need to learn about animation. So, you know, there was a lot to learn. I learned all the technical stuff on the job. How long were you working in advertising before um, you moved to animation? Uh, four years. So I was in New York oh, wow. City for four years doing that. Mm-hmm. How was it for you moving from, were you, did you grow up in uh, Texas or did you move to Texas for college? Um, no, no, no. I grew up in, in, in Texas, okay. like the burbs of North Dallas, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, my whole life had been Texas. Um, I, I loved New York. I thought it was mm-hmm. awesome. It was such a nice, um, a nice change of pace. I sure. just, I really loved it. It was great. Coming from the burbs, okay. I'm sure. Yeah. And I mean, Austin was fun. It was a big town. It was, it was really cool. You know, it's like 50, when I was there it was like 55,000 mm. students. Oh wow. It's a huge school. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I really, really loved New York. I, I miss it. It was a lot of fun. Do you think you, I mean, I do, you know, it's a lot of things I don't miss. Yeah. I like having more space out here and, <gasps> but man, it was a good time. Like going there right after college, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I can imagine it's like a culture shock element to it. I mean, probably cause it's so different. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. I just liked walking everywhere and taking the subway and going out to eat all the time and walking around and seeing people of all, you know, yeah. types. It's like the people watching mm. so fun there. Yeah, it really is. I think um, that uh, it, yeah. it's a good idea for anybody who's getting into an artistic field, to, it, especially if you're from like suburbs or whatever, which a lot of people are, I think just statistically like um, it's good to go live in a city when you're first kind of getting your legs, <laughs> getting your adult legs Cause like for me, it was San Francisco. That was my first big city, even though I am on the outskirts of Chicago. But like that didn't feel like it didn't feel like an, that, that was just like the city in the background of my childhood. But like San Francisco was my New York, you know, because it was like something new. It's just a level of diversity and yeah. things you're exposed to that I don't think you normally get. Yeah, um, you want to challenge yourself a little bit, and, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It it's, ends up. It's interesting. It ends up better um, how was that switch for you like well I guess not so much what was, how was the switch but um, how did it go from you working in advertising to working in animation in LA uh, man it was so yeah. much harder working in animation <laughs> oh yeah so really? much harder yeah um, interesting well you know because I'm coming into a new industry where I, I I'm drawing all the time yeah like, it's exhausting I was oh. doing so much drawing it was so much harder and and uh because you weren't I, drawing all the time when you were. I wasn't drawing all the time, and okay. you know the boards you do in in anim, in uh, advertising are much looser and more just kind of beat boards. I see. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I have to draw on somebody else's style. There's it just a lot of it was the pressure on myself to want to do a good job. Um, sure. And then you're working with like amazing people who are all really funny, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of that imposter syndrome of like, oh God, they're gonna figure out that I don't belong here, and yeah. Um, it was, but it, you know, it was amazing. It was fun. It was such a good crew, and I learned so much. But it was very stressful, and you know, it's it's a you know, the TV animation. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. Once I started boarding, oh my god, boarding it was like the hardest job I've ever done in my life. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's something that like sometimes I don't know how to explain it, but it is like storyboarding is a lot of work, and I think it's like kind of. Uh, hard to kind of like get it across because I feel like sometimes um... you're drawing so much yeah and 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 it's not just the physical drawing it's like okay let's let's not even say that you're writing let's not even say that it's a board drawing show yeah yeah. like you've got to think as as an actor a cinematographer a director and an editor all in the same time yeah right exactly right Mm -hmm. every everything is like 
What do I cut to? Why do I cut to this? What do I need to see? Oh, Jesus, can I even draw this? Shit. A lot of okay, thinking. What's, what's the than, acting? Yeah. Oh, God, can I draw this acting in this perspective? Okay, yeah. what do I need to do? What's the emotion? <sighs> what's the mood? There's like so many decisions to make all the yeah. time. You put so much of yourself into it that it's a very um, draining process. It's a really fun. It's really rewarding. I love it to death, but oh, my God, it's really. It does get easier, deep. though, I think. A little easier, but it's still so much. Yeah, harder. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because there's five million decisions to make all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. I was gonna ask. Yeah. Um, how did did um SpongeBob reach out to you? Like how? Like did you apply or did like did they reach out? So the way that I connected with them, it was really interesting. I I I picked up an issue of Animation Magazine. There was an ad in the very front page that said, hey, we're looking for people at Nickelodeon. Oh, wow. Send in stuff. So I was like, all right. So I put together a big packet of like doodles and comics and other shit mm -hmm. and just mailed it in. Damn. Didn't hear anything. Was like, eh, whatever. And then eventually I heard something back about doing like a little um, freelance character design. It's like, oh, okay. Did a couple doodles. Got paid like 75 bucks. Like, cool. Then um, I was able to get in touch with someone who was in development there. And one of the times when we came out to do a, a a commercial shoot in LA, I got a meeting with that person and and showed them some of my ideas <laughs> for stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, this is cool, whatever. And then, uh, but I showed us some of my comics and they're like, oh, these are cool. And I've got a friend who's developing a show right now and I think he might like your work. And that was Steve Hillenberg who was you know mm -hmm. developing SpongeBob. And because the guy who was in charge of development um was one of his old uh he was he was a director on Rocco mm -hmm. and I was a big Rocco fan so I was like mm -hmm. oh this is super cool and basically he forwarded my comics to Steve and then Steve uh you know I got a meeting with him and we chatted and he was like hey if uh if the show gets greenlit then you know would you want to come on and do revisions and I was like yeah 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 so that's that's how it came about. That's really cool. It's such a weird story, but yeah, it's yeah. I feel like it's like it's similar to how it would play out nowadays, except that instead of like going through animation magazine, now it's like the internet. Um, yeah. Well, and that's part of why I would hunt for people online and find their comics because it's sort of the same way that I came in. It's like I'll find artists that I think are interesting and try to get in contact with them and see if you mm -hmm. know. If, if if they're the right fit for the show or not right yeah yeah it's totally it's totally that way now yeah um and so so you were a revisionist on spongebob and like how long were you uh doing revisions before you got into boards so i was a revisionist mm -hmm. for the first season um and then they had a pretty long hiatus um because the network didn't know if they wanted to pick up more of the show because <laughs> they had put all their eggs in their basket on cat dog and so they weren't sure if they God, wanted that's yeah, so funny so, so there were dog. we did a first episode first season of spongebob was 13 episodes and then there was a bit of a mm -hmm. hiatus and then um because there was that hiatus uh i think they i think they picked up seven more to make it to 20 then there was a longer hiatus because they weren't sure if they wanted more and so a lot of the board artists left because they had to go on to other jobs once they were done so then when the season two pickup came I was still there doing revisions and they're like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want to do boarding? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So um, that's uh, 
that's they you know they promoted me up to doing boarding and then going to season three they promoted me up to directing which was basically the exact same thing it just means you get a, a pay raise that's all so, right um but yeah it was great and i got to i got to partner up with aaron springer who was amazing mm-hmm. and uh i learned so much from working with him and it was it was just awesome you know yeah you guys made a probably most of my favorite spongebob episodes oh. so a tip mm-hmm. of the hat to you oh thank you it's funny as fuck um, it was it was a fun fun show. So many good people on that show. Yeah, it's some iconic shit. How did you did you always know you wanted to pitch shows or like um, how did that kind of come about yeah, to you? I think that came about yeah, because you know I mean because I was making my own comics, I always liked making my own characters. Um, I I wasn't someone who would usually draw other care. I I, know, I didn't like spend my time drawing Garfield and trying to draw other characters. I was yeah. like. I loved The Far Side. Mm. I loved Calvin and Hobbes. I loved Bloom County. Um, those were like my favorite mm-hmm. comics, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something like those. So so I knew I, I wanted to make something that were my own characters, my own world. And so, yeah, I think that, that road was always right. set. And how did you, you know? kind of like um, start... Yeah like actually actively going after that you know i mean i would i would work on ideas i've you know sketchbooks full of ideas over the years but it i think if we go back to you know chowder being the first one Mm -hmm. it was just an idea that i kept doodling and working on and working on and and when i was on billy and mandy um there was an opportunity to pitch shorts because they had just started a brand new shorts program actually um run by sam register who's now in charge of mm-hmm. oh, um so i went into sam and i was like hey i want to do this show about this you know i showed him chowder and it was nice because they were um you know they were they were uh, like jay was my executive jay bastion was my executive on mm. on billy and mandy oh wow so and even back then i didn't know that you guys go back that far yeah so so i mean that was the thing so so jay was like yeah we you know we like this guy uh, I think they were like, just let him do a short. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, and Sam had just gotten like uh, this, you know, uh, they basically were like, hey, you need to do, uh, I forget how many shorts it was. Like a big, they gave him a big order. So I think he was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. great, let's do it. And so Sam was the one who said yes to doing the chowder short. Um, mm-hmm. And then when it got picked up, Jay was my executive on that. And so, you know, that's why coming back and working with them at Warner Brothers now is such a nice, yeah. uh, a nice uh, combo because it's like people who were very supportive of me back in the day and who I've known and you know creatively been very um, connected with. It's it's yeah. nice to to have them. They have my back here too. I had no so. idea that the, yeah. And that was one of the reasons I I wanted to come and do the show in the first place at, at Warner Brothers was because mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, cool. like the people. Yeah, that's really well because cool. I knew they would they they that they, they trusted me and I trusted them. That goes. Yeah. They gave me feedback and be like, cool, I'll listen to it because yeah. You know what I mean? There's there's that two way respect mm-hmm. that's yeah. happening, mm-hmm. so it's it's much easier to be like, this is a project that I know will be fun to work on because mm-hmm. both sides are actually listening to each other. Yeah, and you also yeah. like kind of speak the same language and like that kind of stuff too. Like you're building that relationship. Yeah, that exactly. Way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they say we want you because we like what you do. Oh yeah, that's great. Right. Yeah, mm. you know. Yeah, that's always a good feeling. Oh, it's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, we we've talked sure. to some execs on the show before, like Brandon Hong and um, I think somebody mm, else. Yeah, nice Brandon's stuff. great. But it, and I think we've just kind of um, we've gone on about how like 
executives can sometimes get a bad rap because I think a lot of people will see them as gatekeepers, but like you, they're working with you. They're supposed to be a partner to help you like realize your show. And, oh, for sure. Yeah, and find you know, there's different there's great. different levels right. of executives. That's the thing I don't think most people realize. Like, there's the sort of on the ground yeah. executives who who really are working with the creator, giving feedback, um, and and they're they're really a go between between the network and their needs and the show's needs, um, and you know, yeah. they they have to sort of serve both sides, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you hope that they trust you creatively and then if they tell you they need something you trust them because you they know the the directives they're getting from the network right yeah um and then there's higher up executives that are that are less that are more removed from the artists and i think those are the ones that people are always like eh because they kind of tend to not be boots on the ground mm -hmm, you know what i mean mm -hmm. the my experience with the day-to-day -day executives has always been extremely positive yeah. Um, I find that they're people who got into animation because they love animation. They like the artists. They like the shows. They like the um, the networks they work for. They're fans mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. want to make good things and basically just aren't artists, right? Yeah. And and they've they've always been very um, friendly towards the artist, towards the crew, towards the needs of 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 that. Yeah. You know, people get frustrated with the executives right. who are sort of like in the ivory towers. No way high up and that's kind of a different level of executive yeah it really is there's a whole hierarchy yeah 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 it's like a a dungeon and you're getting to the final boss <laughs> who's the president everything's video games with me yeah. uh, you have a very unique style to your work and um and it's really easy to identify i think uh and i wonder like what what are your sort of core influences that help shape that that look? Uh, yeah, that's interesting because, you know, I think as an artist, there's so many times where you don't know what your style is till you sort of go a long way and then you look back and you're like, oh, those are things that I sort of keep coming back to. Um, mm -hmm. I, there's, a, there's a couple of things. If we, if we talk um, from, a, from an aesthetic point of view, I really... Mm -hmm. I mean, you could look at character designs and say, like, I like things that feel squishable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's I totally like, it. I can I see like that. things that feel like they have volume and they feel like, like, like you could just, like, squeeze them, you know? The, I love that. And there's yeah. something that just, I really, I find that uh, those kind of characters just appealing to me when I design. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. kind of just tend to go in that direction. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people who have little exaggerated proportions or kind of squat uh, maybe that's just based off of me i don't know but um <laughs> yeah, yeah but i but i find that okay so that's one thing that i've i've noticed i tend to gravitate towards um in my own drawings uh two is i i tend to really like stylistically i like art that has energy and feels hand-drawn mm -hmm. yeah it's harder to do, I think, in animation in, in, a, in a TV show setting when things are going through so many different hands. Um, you, you know, and maybe that comes from, from, from my days of cartooning, right? It's like, I just, I like stuff where you can see the artist behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of what I like in, in, in the shows I've worked on is I like 
seeing when I can be like, oh, I see the board artist in this. I see their weird drawing. I see their their touches in that. You know, those are the things versus mm-hmm. trying to homogenize it too much. Right. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, you have to kind of you have to homogenize it to a certain degree because you need a consistency it's across all the artists kind of working on the show. But you know, like if you look at Chowder, there, there's I, like I love watercolors. I like I like the um, randomness that happens in art sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I can't animate because I can't make ever two lines ever go in the same way that I want them to go. Like I don't know how people <laughs> can hard. draw a drawing and make it subtly shift <laughs> on purpose. My hand just kind of goes yeah. where it wants to go. I don't have that. Um, that level of, of control. It's easier digitally with onion skins and stuff, but uh, I guess, but yeah. I, no, it's I, tough. I never had the patience for that. But yeah. I ran out of patience for it a while ago. <sighs> so, so to me, I, I like this little surprises, you know, and I was thinking about this animation is such a, it's so hard to be spontaneous. Um, if you're filming live action, things happen on the set and the actors do spontaneous things yes. and you get little surprises. Yeah. Animation, it's like the surprise happens during the writing, but everything else is just, it's its so methodical and it has to be planned out and so done over time mm-hmm. that it's hard to keep that, that level of spontaneity, yes. I think, yeah. and surprise in it for, for, for you, the creator, mm-hmm. that I like art that still can somehow keep some of that yeah right yeah that makes a lot of sense the closest thing i can think of that maintains that is when there's like a funny expression on a character in the boards and Mm -hmm. it manages to get through all the way through design and it's a special pose and then when somebody's watching it it'll feel like it's improvised even though you know that had to be carefully constructed to be yeah like uh yeah there's a- or little jokes in the you know it's 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 i part of it and part of what i like is like we'll do a lot of writing and animatic yeah um because we can kind of improvise we can kind of just like riff and record ourselves oh, and yeah. come up with dumb lines and funny takes and things like that mm-hmm. And I find that some of the things we add in animatic to me are always the funniest because they are just sort of weird off the cuff moments. Mm-hmm. I see. So yeah, it's 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 tricky. So so I think I like to be surprised, and so and that's part of what I love about working in animation is working with people and they pitch something and it's so damn funny and it's they come up with weird things, but then you look at it for yeah. a year straight over oh, yeah. and over and over and over. Is this you, funny you know? anymore? And it's like, how do you? <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to change it because you know it was funny. Yeah, at some point, this was this made you laugh. I think that's like right. really hard, actually, to because I, I, you know, you even when you're doing like your own boards or like I don't know, just like looking at your own boards like for a whole month, you know, when you're like doing an episode or something, it's kind of hard to stay like. Oh yeah. Because I, I really to what you're saying is like sometimes you just draw a funny drawing in roughs and then you have to clean it and you're like I'm. Is this I'm gonna even, kill it? Gonna you kill know, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, am I gonna kill it? Is this even funny anymore? Do I have to just change this whole scene just to make it funny or, or whatever? And it's like, uh. oh, I know. Imagine like, and when I did the pilot oh, no. for this thing, every time I do a pilot, oh, by the time you you're working on it for a year, year and a half, the same eleven minute episode. By the time it gets to be in the series, I'm like, I don't ever want to see yeah. this episode again. I'm so sick of <laughs> That's this. That's hard. You know, yeah, like on the one hand, you want to show it to people, but on the other hand, it's like a please don't make me watch it again. Yeah. How do you kind of like uh, find the strength to go through a pilot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, 
it's it's so I, I was thinking about this. Then this is this is a bigger this is kind of a bigger issue of like yeah. coming like coming off of Harvey, I was like, man, I don't know if I have right. the strength to do another show because mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot out of you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to come at it with this firm belief in your gut that there's something really good here. Mm, I see. And that it'll work. You know what I mean? Like you have to believe right. deep down that this is going to work right. and that I know it'll be good. Um, and I think that's sort Dude. of the fire that keeps me going. Yeah. And, and sometimes that fire goes away and you gotta, you gotta like find it again mm-hmm. and it has to be the right project or whatever. I was going to ask about that. Do you have like specific things that you do to kind of like keep it going or like, would you like take breaks? No, or, like, it ebbs and flows with time. Like, like when I was done with Harvey, I was like, man, I don't, the fire was gone. I couldn't see myself working in kids animation anymore. Oh, yeah. I didn't feel excited by anything. I just, I felt sad and I didn't feel like. I didn't feel like I could put myself into another mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. Um, for a while. So I just took time off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was lucky. I was lucky that I had a bit of savings and I could afford to do that. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. But even if I had just been boarding or doing something, I could have done that. That's fine. You know what I mean? I like, think it's part of the, the life, though. I think everyone quickly realizes that, like, you, we need... We get paid fairly well, but it's like you gotta save because you never know when that truck is gonna hit you. You know, exactly. like you gotta like the, yeah. the creative sort of roadblock truck, and so you gotta just be like, all right, this is I, I've the I've, creative roadblock truck or the I can't find a job truck, and that ha- that happens too. Yeah, that happened know? to me this year, and so I've been lucky to take yeah. time off. It's great. Yeah, and so 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 time off was I that was the first time I really took time off. Um, in you know I've been working in the industry since '98. Um. I had a little break after SpongeBob. There wasn't any work, you know, 9-11 happened and, and everything yeah. kind of dried up for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been working pretty much nonstop since Billy and Mandy. And so it was good to have a little time off. I sort of, I just took me time. And then eventually that little fire started to bubble up and ideas started to come to me. And I was like, ooh, that could be kind of fun. And you start thinking of things. And, and I guess that's just, it just becomes like this thing right. that I can't deny inside that I have to, kind of work on you know and then you start to get these ideas and you're like oh that would be a really good show like i could really see this working and then it's sort of like oh it's back and then you know i got contacted by by um warner brothers about doing this Hanna barbera thing and i was like oh no that sounds fun just that was something i could immediately see myself enjoying it was with people that i knew they basically gave me the keys to the kingdom and said do whatever you want to do and i'm like how can i turn that down yeah you know so yeah it's just i think when you hit that roadblock you just sort of have to like pivot and do something else for a while and and kind of re-energize yeah i mean that's and we were gonna we always like to ask about creative block um but i it sounds like you already kind of answered it which is just well i mean there's two kinds of creative block to me there's a creative block of like if i'm working and i'm on a board and i'm being paid i still have to make something i can't just walk away right like I have to be a professional and I have to come up with stuff. And I think in that case, you just have to, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. Like I remember back when I was on SpongeBob and nine 11 happened and we all were like, Ugh. and then, then, you know, the next week we come into work and we're like, we have to be funny. What is going on? But you're like, well, we have to, that's our job. Like, so let's just forget about everything for a little bit and just kind of put your brain back into this world and, and just think about silly stuff for a day and, and then go home at night and then worry about the world then. Cry, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's part of being a professional. It's, it's hard. Like you, you, I, it doesn't mean you're always going to output your best stuff because yeah. life happens, but you have to just still try. You have to always be trying your best. Yeah. You know. I, I think that environment is actually better for dealing with a lot of that kind of stuff. I remember when, when Trump got elected, the next day at work was like dismal. I think, V, were you there already oh, yeah. at that point? Oh, my God. I actually just got to L.A. like, oh, yeah. like two weeks prior. You should have just turned around and left. <laughs> no, I mean. Get back on the plane. Without, like, I mean, without getting too political or anything. But, you know, like things come and go so what you're saying is you love trump you were so excited i i, I can't it was, it was the best day of your life i can't even like i don't want any trump people listening to this anyway so whatever fuck i was gonna joke about it and i'm like i can't even like the words can't come out of my mouth it's like it's hard to no joke. no no but 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 that's the thing and and i mean i know everybody you know everybody regardless of what what you feel about that like you know people people experience ups and downs in their lives for all kinds yeah. of reasons and it, it doesn't mean that like, you know, I've, I've had many people in my crew who they've gone through different things and, mm -hmm. and you can be flexible. You have to like give people the space to, to deal with their stuff. Sometimes they do have to walk away and take care of life for a little bit and you have yes. to just have someone else take over. And other times it's like, you gotta be like, Hey man, you just got to suck it up and get your job done because we're all working as hard as we can to do this. And, and it really does take this full team all working together. You know, and that's again, that's just part of being a professional. It's it's like you have to just also, do it. Yeah, there's also you know? just like different personalities, and I don't know. Like I know that I'm the kind of person that like work is a good distraction if things are not like mm -hmm. going well. So for me, like I don't know, with this whole like past years, it was it kind of worked out for me because it's like, well, if I work, I don't have to think about other things. <laughs> but yeah, like then there's like other personalities. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of kind of depends. Yeah, but it's like if if you were on a if you were on a sports team, if you were on a yeah. football team, you got to go out on the field and do your best. You do like it. it's still got to put on your game face and do it. Performing. And I mean at this end of the day, if you're taking the money to do the job, you got to do the job. So Yeah. But but that's different. That's, you know, like I said, that's two different things if you're talking about like creatively, personally trying to find your passion versus being a professional and, and doing your job yeah you know i think if you're trying to find your passion because i've i've worked with many people who and like i said i kind of even went through this too you hit some point in your career where you're like oh is this what i is am i am i really getting fulfilled is this what i want to keep doing is this can i keep on this treadmill of like going from kid show to mm -hmm, kid show and dealing mm -hmm. with the same bullshit and the same blah, blah, blah. but part of me just loves it so much that it's hard not to but i've seen other people kind of struggle with that um where, you know, you come in and your first 10 years in the industry, you're like, whoa, this is awesome. I'm in animation. It's everything I ever dreamed of. And, and I'm so excited to be here and I love animation. And yeah. then mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I've done a job. And now then it starts to become a job, right? It starts yeah. to become like I go from job way. to job. I go from, from project to project. And you start to realize that a lot of it is who do I get to work with? Yes. Yeah. What's the environment I'm in? What is the project? Like there's, there's, it's, it becomes more than just... I, you know, I always say like, you might work on a show that's just okay, but it has an awesome crew and they're really fun to work with. You have a great time. You might yeah. work on a show that's awesome, but it was a miserable experience because the crew and the people in charge were dicks and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I've been super, super fortunate that like every show I've worked on has been a great crew, a really fun show. And I mean, I don't know if that's by, 
I mean, it's by design on my end when I yeah, oh, it comes through. You know, but but the shows that I was on before that, mm-hmm. I think I was sort of taught that. Like SpongeBob was was a well run machine with a really creative, fun crew who got along, worked hard. Uh, when I came on to Billy and Mandy, same thing. It was a very, you know, tight knit crew. We all, we all became fast friends. We all had a lot of fun. We all put out, you know, the best we could do mm. and it was run on schedule and on budget. And yeah. so, so those were lessons where I was like, oh, this is what a show should be like. And I think that, that helped me when I started doing my own shows to understand like, that's, that's what it's like. Yeah, you know. for what it's worth, like I had a great time on Jelly Snow. It, it was really. I feel bad because you didn't really get the best experience. We we were there for like a month or two, and then we all went home. But like, that's you know a world yeah. crisis. But but like I know. But even then, like even with that in mind, like I wouldn't have wanted to work on any other show during pandemic because it was like uh, you know a bunch. Oh no, no, our show was definitely like yeah. Yeah, it was. We had we had we had a good good team kind of controlling yeah. and and uh, good production and organizing things behind the Quick, scenes. Yeah, we quickly pivoted and everyone. I mean, like the Slack chat or whatever it was Teams was like very friendly and everyone was you know we were all forgiving of you of, of the whole thing, which I don't think every crew was. So yeah, it's amazing how smoothly it went. Um, all things considered, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think yeah. people kind of grab. You know, you're talking about crews and stuff and i think people kind of gravitate towards like-minded people and um uh you know it's like people that are gonna that expect a certain kind of environment and a certain kind of show and a certain kind of um crew they're gonna keep working together and they're gonna bring new people in who they've met along the way who also are seeking that out so i i have mm-hmm. found that it kind of people kind of funnel back into the even if you might have a job or two in between um, where it's maybe not a good fit, but you you have no way of knowing. Plus, you got to pay the bills. But like ultimately, exactly. ultimately, you're yeah. gonna end up for a time. You're gonna end up back with mm-hmm. people you like, and um, you know, it's just this constantly shifting landscape. So like, yeah, you just have to prioritize that. You, know? you do, you do. And and the other thing is like, you know, I always say like, so much of the show is is not dictated by the network. It's dictated by the showrunner, like the tone yeah, of the show yeah. and how it's run, mm-hmm. and and people don't realize that like. Disney, Cartoon Network, uh, Nick, doesn't matter. I've worked at them all. They're all nice places to work. The the network themselves, they're all roughly the same. It's the showrunner that, that that creates what the show experience is like. Yeah, that is kind of an unspoken thing. I think that people outside the industry don't might not fully know that. And um and I've always thought about that too, that if I ever manage to get a show, like I'm gonna try my fucking hardest to just make it a nice place to work for people because yeah. you just want people to enjoy their fucking lives and and the project and Exactly. It's like come in, work hard, then go home, have yeah. your life. And yeah. and it makes a better show at the end of the day. Like there's there's a lot of lessons that I've observed from just being on the on the ground level and seeing different showrunners work. It's like the more freedom you give people, the better the show is and the mm-hmm. be- happier pe- you don't, you retain people longer. You know, it's just like a whole, mm-hmm. it's a, it's just better. It's to- a, you know, it's a, it's an interesting, um, I'll, I'll talk about this. So, so when I first started Chowder, you go from being an artist who created your own thing and spent time and you, and you made this, mm-hmm. this little baby, right? You drew it, you boarded it, whatever you made it, you made the pilot. It's been something you've been working on for however many years even before that, right? Yeah. And then 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 they greenlight it and suddenly you hand your baby to all these other yeah. people. Yeah. And you are no longer doing any of that stuff. Right? Yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. delegate mm-hmm. everything. 
And now you've got like 20 plus people that you have to teach to think in the way that you want them to think for the show and teach them like what's right and wrong for the show. And, and you have to let go. And it's really hard, I think, especially in your first show to sort of learn to let go. Um, I found that it's very, um, healthy to let go yeah. <laughs> that if, if you the more you hang on the the more it kills you because uh, you can only do so much you only have so much energy you only have so much yeah. to give right you want to do everything it's like I was on chat it's like I want to do designs I want to do boards I want to fix this stuff I want to do these things but man I, I only have so many hours in the day and so much mental and physical energy it, it was really hard so by the time I came into Harvey I was like oh man I can't do that again I gotta just really delegate everything out you know and it's a hard lesson, I think, for a lot of creators because nobody teaches you. They hire you because you're an artist and a storyteller yeah. and you have this mm-hmm. idea, but suddenly you're a manager. Mm-hmm. And no one teaches you how to be a manager. Mm-hmm. That's something I talk about a lot with my friends and stuff. I wish, I really wish that there were, uh, that the companies had like um, management and leadership workshops yeah. because. I feel like everybody would benefit. <laughs> yeah. Like I yeah. just, I was interested in that stuff on my own and I would, I would read and pay attention, but, um, yeah, like that's where you see a lot of shows fall apart yeah. is in the management and leadership mm-hmm. because, because people aren't trained in that and they're, and they're not, it's like, oh, a lot of artists in animation are introverted yeah. weirdos and yeah. that doesn't always make the no. best <laughs> management yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's actually, yeah, it's actually something that I, I, I started really, cause you know, when you're lucky and you get on, you go on a lot of shows that are well-managed and you're like, this is the best. I know exactly what I would mm-hmm. do if I were a manager, but you don't really realize until you go on a show that's not managed really well. And then you're like, oh, yeah. that's what it's like when people don't communicate or people like don't really or egos get out of control and yeah yeah and then you're like oh and then that's kind of like the moment you're like hmm, maybe i'll buy a couple of books <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it, 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 I, that would be great i, yeah, I really yeah, do yeah. wish networks would take the time to to teach because they it would yeah. benefit them they would yeah. have much smoother productions yeah you know? They would save a lot of money, oh, I think. Yeah. yeah. And heartache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot, a lot yeah, of yeah. problems would be solved. And plus, like, and even just, I, when I first got into the industry, I thought that the studio, especially with how much, like, Nickelodeon would talk about um, how, you know, well, we help our showrunners, like, develop stuff and this and that. And Cartoon Network is bad because they don't tell you how to build a show. And then I slowly figured out that none of them do anything like nope it's like they, th- they just throw you in the they defense. throw you into the wolves and it's like and i was like wait there's no like is there no like recurring guidebook to doing this like you'd think that especially with uh line producers there would be sort of a copy and paste of pipelines and maybe with slight adjustments but i was like wait the the only the only thing they'll do is if they feel like the showrunner is that inexperienced they will bring in a more experienced yeah. producer yeah to pair with them to give them a hand mm-hmm. um that's the closest they'll do yeah yeah it's also a good strategy if it's someone that has a lot of experience and that can basically mentor you but it's mm-hmm. also i think it would just benefit everyone even like i don't know even like um supervisors and directors like i think the first time that i was a supervisor like i was just like whoa like i am 
out of my like you know <laughs> i was like i have holy moly i have to think about all these things i had no idea i had to think about all these things yeah yeah um, but and what's really weird too is like like you suddenly become the supervisor to people who were all your peers yeah and and i've seen that go to people's heads and mm-hmm. turn them into monsters um <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it it's like no man we're all working together we're just trying to like they're just looking to you for direction like yeah. don't yeah you just gotta you're get not, you know did yeah. you before you started running shows did you yeah you said you were directing on spongebob right did you do a couple of, like supervision uh, roles no, I was never actually in charge of anybody. Like that, that really, that directing literally was just okay. title only and pay. Oh, it wasn't. It, it was. It was. It was like me and Kaz in a room together, mm. and it was okay. exactly the same mm. as before. Um. So so it was a very different kind of directing. Um. No, and then when I went on to Billy and Mandy, it was just me working on boards alone, and then they were like, "And here's Chowder." um i think i'm just lucky that i'm kind of a bossy person and i'm very specific and i also at the same time like working with people and am very Mm. like you know i get along with people so i think that helps (laughs) yeah do you feel like um would you have any kind of um not like rules but like kind of philosophies about managing kind of what are your my philosophy on managing is there's a couple of things one you, you got to know yeah. what you want, but you have to be flexible enough to to not know exactly what you want. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think I think the, the, the second thing is if you hire people, let them do their damn jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I hire creative people because they're creative. I'm going to actually let them be creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my job is to sort of set up the boundaries and to say, like, here's here's it's like herding cats, right? I'm trying to push everybody in a direction. I'm trying to say like, here's the rules of the world. Here's the tone I want. And then everybody's throwing stuff at me and I'm just gut checking and mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, that seems, I like that. Or, And if it's not, I think one of the things that I took away from my time in boarding was I always liked when people would tell me, I didn't mind making changes when I understood why something wasn't working. That's true. If they just said, oh, make it funnier, or oh, make it better, like that's not helpful. Yeah, no. yeah. I don't know yeah. what to go back. I, I thought it was funny, so what do I go yeah. back and change? So this was going back to that idea of communication objectives, which I talked about earlier from advertising. And if I could say to somebody like, oh, you know, this moment's not working for me because I'm not clear what this character wants, or I don't understand how they feel about this person, or I feel like the clarity of this joke is getting a little bit lost. Maybe we could stage it a little bit better. There's specific actionable things that they can go back and do that aren't, that, that, that to me then don't demoralize the, the person on the other end of it because it's not about like my taste versus your taste. Right. It's about yeah. what do I need in this scene and what's not coming across. Yeah. That's the problem. Now solving. you find a solution to make that work. Yeah, I see. De- I even see development as well, that's the tough part because development wants you to have a fully formed show before it's even fucking ready. But exactly. Um, but but I I think that like it, a good way to think of pitching a show is not. Um, this is the story that I want to tell. It's like, this is a toolbox that I want other people to contribute yeah. to. Like I th- well, especially like if I go into to development, I go in with, these are the relationships that I want oh, that's to focus good. on. Even this better. is the mm-hmm. world that I want to play in. These are the, cha- these, these, this is, these are the yeah. characters that I'm interested that's in, right. in exploring. Mm-hmm. And this is their dynamic that I'm really attracted to. That's a really good way to look. Cause I, I, yeah, I think, 
people don't you know. I didn't know I had a hard time figuring that out and I've been trying to yell it to the heavens yeah. like focus on relationships first not about like the lore <laughs> or like oh totally yeah. totally and 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 the thing is then that way if there's changes and I always said like development's going to throw ideas at you and it's up yeah. to you to de to determine if those changes change the mm -hmm, core mm -hmm. relationships and ideas that attracted you to this in the first place if they don't change it then why not yeah. try it yeah. to see if it works and if it does fundamentally change it then you can say to them i tried this idea but i feel like it it gets away from the thing that i brought this in and i find that most of the time they're like oh yeah you're right yeah. you know what i mean yeah and when they throw out ideas, they're not saying you have to do this specific exact yeah. thing. They're just trying to find solutions to what they perceive as a problem. And if you yeah. can put your finger on what that problem is, then you can find a solution that makes you happy and them happy. The note behind the note. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's a it's a tough one to f to learn and figure out. But you you just gotta be sharp. You gotta like come ready with options. It's almost it's kind of hard to predict sometimes. But I think it's good to. Um, have your finger on the pulse of like what's current in animation and almost be ready for certain things. And well, it's, it's funny. Cause like, you, you know, you say like, I've, you go into development with this thing and I've, I've become much more loosey goosey with my development pitches mm -hmm. than I used to be. Like I'll walk in and be like, all right, it's kind of this. And it's kind of that. And I see it's sort of like this. And I think it's like this and it might be, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. you, have, Do you like, know what I mean? Like yeah. you have experience. It's so not figured out. <laughs> I, well, and I, and, no, I I definitely have the I, I the like I you can back out. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. It's tough when you're exactly. when you're starting out because they expect you to have they. Yeah, you're. Well, but I think in that case you come in with something you've already made. Like in your case, you you had it does help. You had something you had made. Yeah. You had you had your comics and they were there and yeah. tangible and they could look at it and say like that's his sensibility. I get it. Yeah. You know that's why I tell people like make some comics, mm -hmm. make something because they have to see who you are before yeah. they're going to give you a yeah. shot to do anything. Proof of concept. You need to have proof yeah, of concept. Yeah, exactly. They're, and you're going to have to just do that on your own time. I, yeah, a, a few character designs and a bunch of writing could go a million different ways and it could it's not enough anymore. It's not. No. And and you have to figure it out on your own. You want to spend time to say like is this even a show or is it just a character? Yeah. Like a show is relationships and a setting and people and dynamics. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's more to it than just a fun character. We've had a lot of really good questions, and some of them are will tie into this, too. Okay. So let's dig in. From at Cat Foods, please. They wanted to know what your favorite thing about working in animation is. Oh, man. I'm never good with favorites. You know, I would say it honestly has become my favorite thing is seeing when I, when I go into a board pitch and I get to laugh, I like when people make me laugh. That's my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. I just like being entertained. <laughs> sure. Well, that's the whole point of this. And so show. I get to work in an industry that entertains me. Like, I love it. I, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. I look forward to that when I come in and know that I'm going to get to laugh. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that, yeah, yeah that's a good thing to focus in on. Um, yeah. <laughs> friend of the show at Gia Ligamari asks, Carl, what was your first OC? So I had a character called Zibbler. Oh, boy. If there's and nothing, Zibler, can you draw Zibbler? Uh, I don't know if I can. Oh, okay. I'll try. Um, so here's the thing. So this was this was the first comic strip that I did, and I was probably in like middle school. And Zibbler, I, <laughs> I was really just like learning how to draw, right? And I couldn't draw bodies, so it was literally a, all the characters were disembodied, floating heads and hands. <laughs> oh great! So I could just focus on expressions <laughs> and hand gestures. Yeah. 
And I didn't, for, and this is what I'm saying, I should have forced myself to work on bodies, but I didn't, so I didn't get good at that. Um, I just like drawing faces. From at Nathaniel Foga, uh, what's your favorite piece of obscure Hanna-Barbera media? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Ugh, that's a good question. You have a weird encyclopedic knowledge of it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, is, is it like, hate love like i really i sure. watched uh these uh <laughs> ones called devlin and they're so bad devlin was so bad i would love to do something with devlin at some point um he's like evil knievel at a circus he's this guy who, like does motorcycle stunts it's, it's one of those like mm. realistic characters <laughs> that sounds so crazy y'all. um <laughs> i really liked how dumb moby dick was but you know i maybe maybe uh frankenstein jr i just i love giant robots i what can i say yeah like, Frankenstein Jr. might be one of the favorites of those. Yeah. You know. Uh, from at one Levi Church, do you have a particular episode that you were most proud of from any of your shows? No, I don't. I don't. It's I never have favorites. I mean, I have episodes that, I, that you know, it's, there's always elements in each episode that I like a lot. I mean, one of the, I guess one of the episodes I'm probably really proud of is Schnitzel Makes a Deposit because I always like episodes where I have to, I give myself a challenge of like, how do I make standing in line funny? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You know, and so I like that, like I, I did an episode on Billy on, on uh, Billy Mandy where we did um, Evil Concarne, mm-hmm. and I did an episode of them stuck in traffic mm-hmm. uh, for the whole episode. It's like a bottle I was episode. It's like, all right, how do I make them just sitting in a car in traffic funny? Yeah. And so I really like when I get to like challenge myself, like alone on Harvey Beaks. I really liked that episode because, again, it was the challenge of how do I do a whole episode with just one character mm-hmm. when everyone else is gone and they're all alone yeah uh um, from at psi tacus how was creating a show for a streaming service different from creating a show for a regular tv network do they have any special requirements no exactly the same okay exactly nice. the same well because the other thing was we we had to make it arable uh for jellystone because we knew it might be on cartoon network uh, international and everything so it, it, it had to follow ex- exactly the same time length standards everything as as making a show for air mm-hmm now, however, that doesn't mean that other shows are differently. It's just in our case, we had to make it arable. Right. That makes right. sense. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of ties into uh, um, from at the other Voltar. What is the production process like when creating Chowder, uh, which had puppets, CG, and live action clips, compared to your later works such as Harvey Beaks for Jellystone? Exactly the same. And here's why. Um, all of that live action stuff was actually done by a company called... Um, screen novelties and so what we would do is we would just send them the chunk of the board that we wanted animated in a different style and then they animated it whether it was puppets or stop motion or cg or whatever oh that's so for us it was exactly the same as we would do any other show so Mm -hmm. but you had different studios providing the different styles is that correct? Yeah, so so we had a deal with screen novelties where they would do a certain they would do like a few seconds for each episode. Mm-hmm. Like they would they, we would give them like one scene per episode basically. Mm-hmm. I see. And and um, we put that in the budget that we could afford to do just a little bit of stop motion animation mm-hmm. and whatever they could do with that budget they would do. Yeah. So. And so basically yeah. you 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 did kind of have to like 
would you call it like interview or like test like the different vendors to kind of see like no i just i really liked their oh, work they cool. had done some cool stuff on um on uh, uh they did this great dream sequence in um flintstone mm-hmm. on the rocks Flintstones mm-hmm. on the rocks um and i just really and i met them and they were just they were just really cool and i i really liked their work and so so when i did the pilot i was like hey what if we did a little bit of stop motion and we got them to do it during the pilot they did a great job and so when we got the series we budgeted in that we could do a little bit with them in every episode the stuff with the um end credits and the puppets we budgeted to do those we wrote the scripts and then we had them film all that Mm -hmm. so the but the actual production of the show itself was exactly the same there was no difference it would usually just be like i after we'd boarded i'd be like oh Mm. this close-up of this fruit let's do that stop motion oh this little dream sequence let's do that stop motion versus sending it overseas to the korean studio I think a lot of people don't know that um, shows usually have a couple studios um, animating it. Like, because there's usually, at least I've, in recent years, I think that's definitely true, where it's like there is a, a an A studio and a B studio, where it's like, you know, you most of it is just cheaper to send it overseas somewhere, but then there'll be like a studio that's maybe domestic or um, it's just does slightly better work and you focus in on more specific shots. Yeah, you know it's interesting because this this actually this is the first time I've used two studios on Jellystone because mm. on, on Chowder and Harvey Beaks we would we just had one studio, mm-hmm. but yeah a lot of, a lot of shows I mean if people don't know most TV animation is done overseas just because of budget yeah um, it's too expensive to animate in the states mm-hmm. or you go to Canada really only feature can kind of afford to do it here yeah or, or really low budget stuff that does like um, Adult Swim yeah. From at Shavistian One, they actually asked if do you have any plans to direct a feature film? Any interest? I guess I wouldn't say no. I don't have any current plans, yeah. but I wouldn't say no. You know, I I've never worked in feature. I've talked to people who have. It sounds kind of stressful and miserable in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all laugh. Uh, you know, for I the think tear. it really comes down to if if it was the right project under the right circumstances and the right thing and maybe but it's not where i want to go right now i would be much more interested in doing a limited series like a like a like a like a yeah like a mini series yeah over the yeah that's fun or like like or like um, recently adventure time did a yeah. couple of those yeah like i like the idea of doing something shorter that way where it, it's sort of like a feature but i just the less eyes on me the better yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. i kind of like working under the radar yeah yeah and I think when you're on a feature, there's a lot of people involved and a lot of lot of worry, a lot of fingers in the pie, and it's just, it depends. I mean, like I said, I would never say no, it's, but it's not something I'm actively uh, looking at right now. I mean, there's a couple things that I, I've had ideas for that I actually thought like, oh, well, this could actually work as more of a series. So, yeah, mm-hmm. never say never. Sure. At Liquid Scribbles asked. Uh, I thought this was interesting. What's the formula to coming up with a good tune? Do you feel like you have something like that? I uh, well, I wouldn't say it's a formula, but like I said, I think there's I think there's a couple of elements, and this was something I always tried to express to people. It's like I'll sit and doodle ideas, but it's not a show to me until I see a relationship. I see. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good mm-hmm. thing you know? to focus on, I think. Yeah, we, we've said it already, but that's that's true. I think it's a great way to summarize it. I don't think mm-hmm. we've had it summarized in that way before, and I think that's... Like, like when it came to Harvey Beaks, which originally was called Bad Seeds, yeah. right? 
I had I had this little drawing of Fu, and I was like, oh, he's a fun little guy. I like this, and just kind of doodling him. I don't know what his deal is. He's always like little woodland creatures. This is kind of fun, you know. And then I drew this little bird, and I was like, oh, he's kind of funny. So I put a little safety helmet on him. I was like, yeah. oh, that's kind of cool. He's this little nervous bird. And, uh, and I kept drawing, and then the more I started playing with them, I was like, oh, I think I connect to this bird more. I understand who he is. Well, what would the what would the what would the little monster guy be? It's like, well, what if he had like a little sister, and they're they're kind of like the the two who push him out of his safety zone. And I started to realize that was the dynamic of the show, and there was this whole, you know, that was that was the core of it. And then I started to see that there was a show there. I didn't know what the world was. I didn't know what the everything else was, but I understood who the three of them were and what their their deal was. Same thing with Chowder. A lot of it early on was this little apprentice and his his master and originally they were magicians and then it became cooking and chefs and then i realized they had a little catering company and you know came up with the idea of truffles and schnitzel and when i had the four of them i was like well that's the show because i knew i understood the dynamics between them and Mm. what they do and regardless of what the stories were i could see how they all work together yeah I think that's a really you good know. thing to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you're pitching a show, you're basically saying, what's something that I could make 52 stories of? That's true. Right? That's true. And to have that many stories, it's really about who are these people and, and what's their situation and how do they feel about each other and what can I explore? Um, you know, I mean, every show is different and, and has different kinds of stories and all that. But I think people tune in, like I know I tune in. I tune in because I like the characters. I like... I like who they are and how they interact, right. you know? I like how they deal with problems. I like how they deal with each other, you know? Those, those kinds of things. Yeah. At Brian Animations 2 asks, do you still draw on your own time while showrunning? I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't draw much anymore. I used to draw a lot more, but I just, I don't, you know? Um, it's like I said earlier, I would draw to tell stories, well, I tell the stories that through through the work, so I just find that I don't I don't draw much. Um, occasionally, I'll doodle a little bit, but I used to doodle a whole lot more. And yeah, I don't know if it's just getting older or what, but like I'll I'll spend more time doing other things like painting little miniatures and playing board games and other stuff like that. Yeah, I just I don't draw like I used to. You do love board yeah. games. We haven't really talked about that. You're that's true. I love board games. You're a big <laughs> yeah. board game enthusiast. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, oh you have my an god! An impressive collection, I gotta say. Yeah, it's it's taken over my life. I remember your Tumblr posts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you like about it? What's what draws oh, you man. to it? man, there's a couple of things. One one is, I like, obviously, I like the social aspect. Mm-hmm. I like getting together with my friends and hanging out. You know, it's the same reason people like poker night and things like oh, yeah, that, right? Yeah. It's just, it's an excuse to see my friends, to see people that I enjoy spending time with and and having fun the other thing i really like i like the tactile nature of games like holding cards and rolling dice and moving little things around a board and you know what i mean yeah. i like the art on them oh yeah there's some really cool um, stuff it's just the physicality of it there's something really fun and then i really like the puzzly nature of it i like i you know it's like the, the part of me that likes to solve puzzles it's sort of like how do i how do i get points how do i do this efficiently how do i uh, you know, get from point A to point B as fast as I can using the tools that I have. I just, mm-hmm. that's really satisfying and fun to me. 
mm-hmm. you know and then and then there's different games for different things like you know there's the werewolf type games which are fun to play with people and like lie to their faces and, <laughs> because i don't normally get to lie manipulate or, or let myself lie but when you yeah. do it in a game it's kind of fun because you know that it'll be over soon and everyone will be okay you know what i mean maybe like, they will that's a good. Well, yeah. That's a good way to st- uh, those games. But I, but I like, like, I like a game that gives me permission to yes. sort of role play and have have fun that way for a little bit. Totally. But it's also like you know, people like, well, why don't you play Dungeons and Dragons? Because that's like too much role play for me. I like a little more structure. Yeah. I like rules and I like yeah. systems. I mean, D and D has a lot um, of systems, but I know what you mean because I'm the same. I and I and I like something that I can finish in an hour and a half. <laughs> that's the bigger thing. D and D is a commitment, and I can't. It's a commitment. I'm not against it in theory. I love it in theory. I just I'd rather in an evening play two or three games. Yeah. Have a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's shorter versions of it too, like different types of um But it's kind of a lifestyle. I think you yeah. really have to commit to it and yeah. And, and like I said, I, I kind of prefer things that have a little more structure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, um because otherwise that. I'll go off the rails. Yeah. No, I feel that. And I'll just I'll just go for comedy. Do you know what I mean? Like That's what I always do too. <laughs> yeah like i like to just uh, fuck I'll, things I'll up and yeah <laughs> like I, it's like anytime i'm trying to play D with people everyone's trying to like okay well uh i'm gonna check the room and i'm gonna bo- and i'm like i uh throw a chair into the middle of the room let's see what happens exactly and then it's like gene <laughs> i'm like we're having fun right like this supposed to be fun. yeah but that's and that's the thing so yeah yeah but i but it, i mean it does yeah but that's that's what i really do like about games i like there's just they're just they're really fun to me, you know. I like I like I know this is gonna sound dumb. I like reading rules. I like learning rules to new games and teaching people new games. Oh, that's I like so that. Funny. Yeah. I'm very anal, I guess. V and, v and I, uh, V and I developed a. Uh, this is years ago, but we developed a like really bare bones D and D with our uh, Loud House friends, most of whom I think have been on the show at this point. Um, and, uh, it was just like, we came up with a, with a stupid character and we would just like care, what items are you carrying? And I don't, I, th- I think that might've been it. And we just like spent the night just like figuring out what the, the adventure is that they were all going on. And it was so fun. It was so stupid and so fun. V had this like skateboarding, like goblin that went off on like a side quest apart from everyone else and was like hanging out with some teenagers in the back of like a convenience store or some shit. And it was like, V, what are you doing? Get back to the party. I was just like, this is having a good time. I love the lizards. That was the most like fun D&D thing I've ever done because it was just just dumb. Um, uh, Let's see. Let's see. What was your – hold on. Uh, At Fictionist12 asked, who was your favorite character that you voiced in Jellystone? Oh, my favorite? Yeah. Favorites are hard for me. Okay. Um, I guess Boo Boo. Although Doggy Daddy's really fun. You do a really good Doggy Daddy. Yeah, they're both. I I mean, both of those guys are really fun. For yeah, me. yeah. That show uh, had really good voice acting. I think because I've got anytime I get to do a crazy rant, it's really fun. And Doggy Daddy's gotten some fun rants. Mm-hmm. You know, the booger in the cereal rant. The booger. Really fun. <laughs> I want to get that going. Hashtag booger in the cereal. Booger in the get cereal. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think uh, a lot of the stuff we've already kind of answered um, in some way. So I'd love to ask about um, your future goals that you have in mind. My future goals. Well, um, kind of more of the same, I guess. Like I'm, I'm working on a couple of 
couple shows in development right now mm-hmm. that are really different, and I like that. Like, I, I, I like the idea of not repeating myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jellystone is extremely familiar territory to me. It's it's oh, by design. It's 11-minute comedy, and I've been doing that forever. Mm-hmm. And I love it, and it's awesome, And but it's also, it'd be nice to stretch different muscles. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of developing a couple shows that are very different than these. That's cool. Which could be really cool. I'm really, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's always a gamble. You know? I'm really excited yeah. to see that. Um, I was going to ask one more thing I forgot to ask earlier. Um, do you feel like the the process of getting a show or even working on a show has shifted from when you started to now? And like, what's different about it? Well, there's definitely more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think streaming has, has, has opened up the floodgates to lots more shows being greenlit, which is really good because it means a lot more people are getting opportunities to make shows, different, different types of creators, different voices. Um, you know, back in the day, Nick, Disney, Cartoon Network, they'd pick up like two new shows a year. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity to, to really take chances on stuff. So I think, I think that's something that's changed. I don't think the process has really changed. I, I mean, at least not from what I've seen. It's it's still pretty similar. I think the biggest difference is something we touched on earlier, which is people are getting opportunities who didn't necessarily come in through the normal channels because they just put their art up online. Yeah. And yeah. and it, it's it's kind of a nice decentralization mm-hmm. to the fact that it's a, it's a good way to discover artists and you don't have to go through certain schools. You don't have mm-hmm. to go through certain processes to get into animation. Yeah, that's a big part of the show's uh, mission statement. I think is just like showing how it's how it's possible for anybody to come in if they put their work out there and they make the effort. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I always tell people it's like doesn't matter. And I don't care. I don't care where people went to school. I don't care if they went to school. All I care is like what's your work? How how's how's your work? And what are you to, what do you like to work with? I always tell people it's like you got to be nice, you got to be good, and you got to be fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, do you still like those, those are the three things they, or pick two right it's it's like yeah it, pick pick two but yeah if you can but get, you can, then you're gonna have to be amazing at the other at the other at those yeah. two you know i've heard the pick two a lot and it's like that's a low bar <laughs> but i, I well i'd rather i'd rather have all three yeah it would <laughs> truthfully be, it'd be good to have um, all three and i and and to me that's the thing people don't realize there's a lot of people who do fit all three <laughs> so i'm always going to pick someone who has all three versus someone who only has two oh, yeah. yeah if you're an amazing artist and you're nice, but you just can't get your work done on time. Uh, that's tough. That's gonna that's gonna be a problem. It's a pipeline. And if you're super nice and you work really hard, but the work isn't there, uh, that's gonna be hard too. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Carl. What do you want to plug? Well, plug your show. <laughs> I guess people should watch Jellystone yeah. <laughs> on HBO Max and Cartoon Network starting in September. Yeah. It's really good. Um, it's a super fun show, and we're all super proud of it, and we had a lot of fun making it, and hopefully we'll get a chance to make some more. I hope so. Because there are characters that I still want to do. Certain future characters. Yeah, there was lots of questions about... Characters and cr- getting crossovers. X, yeah. Y, or Z. Yeah, and it's like, well, gotta, you know, hopefully we'll have a chance to do that. Yeah, I mean, here, you know, I always said my plan was if the show went mm. long enough, we would cover everybody. Mm-hmm that we legally could um you know i there's characters that i want to do that we just couldn't fit into season one just because you know we can only do so much Mm -hmm. um that if we go into season two i would love to bring in um certain other characters uh but 
you know, it's it's we we want to see him as much as everyone else wants to see him. Let me put it that way. Sure. I mean, they may not be the way you want to see them, and I'm sorry about that, but you know, <laughs> we'll do our best. Yeah. Well, cool. You know, like you're drawing Secret Squirrel. We got a fun idea for Secret Squirrel. Yes. Fun idea for him. <laughs> I would love to bring him in. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's got their you favorites know. too. It's really funny. It's yeah. everyone loves Choo Choo right now. Yeah, that's so funny to me. I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got a. I, I was saying. I was saying earlier. I have a friend who loves Yucca Yucca, of all characters. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. why not? Okay. okay. Why not? That's Shout out so to Eric Badur. I mean, I'm super proud of how how Jabberjaw turned out. I know that she's kind of divisive to a lot of people because they're like, oh, it's not the classic Jabberjaw. But I feel like I really like her character. The spirit's like, the same. I like where she ended up. I like I like what she brings to the table. And, yeah. You know, it's and and because it is essentially a new character, it's just it's nice. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's the spirit that's the same. Yeah, she's just a dopey. Jabberjaw is just a dopey character. Who yeah, has big a, loud. Yeah, big loud, but has a big heart, and like yeah, that's that's Jabberjaw. From having worked yeah. on Thundercats, I can tell the fandoms do not like change. No, <laughs> no, they do not. Just people no, in general do not yeah. like change. Well, yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, and I mean, I you know, I knew going in that yeah. was going to be a thing, but I, I, it's made me really happy to see how much that that more people have embraced it than have turned away from it oh yeah. that's great that's amazing. um yeah so that that was a really nice feeling it's like mm. i was i was prepared for the for the for the backlash i don't yeah. like this <laughs> yeah. yeah but i don't think i was quite prepared for how much people really are liking it which i mean that's nice i want that obviously you make the show because you want people to like it yeah 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 but i was i was more i was more bracing for the punch seeing like the thundercats reaction yeah, the yeah, cal yeah. art style i was, I was yeah. ready for that like <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. No, it had a really good response. I I mean, I worked on it. I saw all the pitches. I had to work on all the animatics and I still watched the entire first season, which I don't really watch kids cartoons anymore and like I don't either. Yeah, and it was great. <laughs> That's, you know. It was yeah. I like I was like, man, Carl really pulled it out. Like I feel like it the final result was elevated so much further than I thought it was going to be. So. Oh, so much <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But it shows. And I'm so sick of these episodes. But well, yeah. yeah. Like, People will like them. I mean, you can't go wrong with Ego's music also. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Actually, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pedro Boli asked, why uh, Why does the Harvey Beaks theme <laughs> make me tear up with joy? Because it's so damn sweet. It's just cute. That's so true. It's so sweet. But the, you know what? That's that's good because that was the goal of the show. I remember watching the pilot yeah. and I was like, wow, this is so good. I was just like, yeah, I think I teared up a little because because the music so and like that, hey, hey. like just um, everything, like the pacing was so good. It all just kind of came together so nicely for like that very last scene when he's finally just oh, like, I don't know. It was it was a very emotional watch for me. And mm -hmm. it was that was, you know, it was interesting because that was that was the goal of what mm. I was trying to do. It's like coming off of chowder was like let me see if i can do something that feels more emotional mm -hmm. and that feels sweeter and that feels yeah. a little more touching mm -hmm. but still has comedy in it and so it was it was a it was a conscious decision to to approach the yeah. show with that point of view so it was it was a really nice to to do that it still makes me sad that 
they never did anything with it but mm. i'm so proud yeah. of that show it'll have i feel like it'll have a second life as you know yeah i hope i just time. want people to see it yeah it's yeah like we put all that work into it i just want yeah. people to be able to see it and enjoy it it feels like a show that uh will definitely have like this second wave of people like remember harvey B? and then it'll like yeah. become a big thing because yeah it deserves yeah, we'll it we'll see <laughs> yeah well we'll see that's the end of this creative block thanks to carl for being our guest and sharing his story thank you guys for having me it was oh super yeah fun Sorry, I couldn't get my pen working. No problem. No problem. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Creative Block, Creative Without the Vowels, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to my sister, Clemens, for editing the podcast. And if you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, Gene. And I was B. Keeping creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.